R.L. Stein's Fear Street is out on Netflix. And what's really cool about it is that it came out in three movies. A whole trilogy came out in one month. We're going to talk about how that worked. Is the format good? Is the fact that we knew that there was going to be a sequel, did it ruin the first movie or the second movie? Is it And is R.L. Stein's first rated R feature just a goosebumps with a lot of jump scares? We're going to find out on Writers on Media, or in this case, Writers on Fear Street. And we have hosts who are not speaking at the moment. Oh, no. I thought you were going to do your introduction first. No, you can do yours. It's fine. Okay, perfect. Uh, so we are Writers on Media. We are two writers with two very different perspectives. Uh, we have... So, hey, everyone. My name is Jose, and I particularly write for more Japanese-oriented stuff, such as light novels, video game plots, specifically JRPGs, mangas, and such. And I also happen to be a horror fiction lover in general, so this was right up my alley. Cool. And I am Lloyd, and I mostly write for Western stuff, aka movies, comics, TV, series, and stuff of that nature. Therefore, we have two different opinions on pretty much everything. But somehow, we still get along quite well. Somehow. Anyway, so today we are talking about Fear Street, and essentially we're going to go and go buy movie first, and then we're going to go into the whole thing and did it work out. The first one's called Fear Street Part 1, 1994. Yeah, so I just got to say right off the bat, I was not planning on watching this series, this trilogy in and of itself, because I just didn't really knew it came out. But my friends were telling me about this cool horror movie they were watching, and they said one key thing at the beginning that it really interested me on the whole thing. And it was, at first, you were going to feel you're watching a Scream movie, and then it goes into the actual plot of the thing. And it was really interesting to me because I'm a huge fan of all of the Scream movies, the TV shows, the universe, all of that. So that was the trigger for me to watch this. And indeed, when you start watching 1994, it starts pretty much like Scream 1 in many senses. But right after that brief introductory section, you get the first reversal of expectations of sorts when the killer gets shot in the head. And from that point, you're like, oh, so I guess we're not doing the typical slasher thing. So from that point, it just became this is going to be something different. But I was worried about whether it was going to be just a fad, just like a thing, or was it actually going to try to do something cool and new? What about you? How do you? That's know? actually interesting. No, actually, it's a, uh, we just started, and I disagree with you already. <laughs> I don't. I don't disagree with you, of course, but like I think that what's happening. That's interesting because you said that from the minute he gets shot in the head, the the first killer in the mall. That's yeah. when you realize it was going to be something different. Yeah. Okay, that's funny because I didn't see it that way at all because I saw it. So, because if you've seen Scream, right, which I'm sure you have, um, Scream is there's like two or three killers in Scream. Yes, like the the actual identity of the main killer is like two or three people, yes. Exactly. So it was just like, for me, it was like, oh, that one gets shot in the head. So my brain was like, okay, we're going to go into a copycat killer, or this is just a popular thing to do, just put on the mask and then go out and kill people. Right, like, exactly, because it did feel that way at first. But I was yeah. just more of the shock of the actually unmasking the killer or like on the first couple of minutes of the movie it was the thing that kind of shocked me, you know? Yeah, for me, I was more like, oh, okay, that's not going to be the actual killer, but that's going to, it was still going to be a slasher film. Like, it was a slasher film until the second until the end basically oh no not until the end uh, until oh, true. until the hospital when until scene. uh a little bit to the hospital scene but no i'm not even gonna put it there i'm gonna put it oh no oh, no i know what it was it was a slasher film until 
they the um the girl uh, I can't think of her name right now. This is why I should Sam. look up names. It's Sam. Yes, her name is Sam. Yes, we've seen three movies of this woman. We should know it's Sam. Anyway, <laughs> Sam Sam basically touched that uh the moss basically, right. and then some mystical stuff started happening. I was like, oh, okay, right. so we're doing something different, and it's like, okay, right. it's it's right. not it's not gonna be a slasher film. It's a possession film. Exactly. That is putting itself as a slasher film because and i was happy about that because i didn't actually want to watch this movie either because mm. the trailers made it look like a just a traditional slasher film that was probably on purpose it probably was on purpose but i think it shot itself from the foot the same way that cabin in the woods shot itself in the foot a long time ago uh spoilers for cabin in the woods if you've never seen cabin in the woods but basically if you watch cabin in the woods it's just about it looks like it's just a normal mediocre horror film but it's not it's no it's so, not it's so good <laughs> yes it's incredible and it's it's very much like if you don't know that going in that's what makes it fun that's what makes the movie good that you come in you're like wait what's happening mm-hmm. and then it keeps going and keeps going and then it happens so i think this movie had that same situation it didn't want to give away the twist so sure. it was like okay we're going to have to we're basically just going to have to make this a not a boring movie, but we're gonna have to make it look like a slasher film and make it look as scary as possible. And yeah, we're then... just gonna play with your expectations a little bit, kind of thing. Exactly. Yeah. Even and I down think, to yeah. the sorry, I interrupted you. Even yeah, down yeah, to the on. love interest of the main character. It was oh, that was actually great. That I was. I don't know great. if it happens to you. If it happened to you as well, but like it did. When I heard, I did. Okay, but let's see. When I was talking to, with my friends, I did hear like bits and pieces, and they didn't spoil it for me or anything. They were like, "Yes, I was really surprised about the twist with the main character," and I was like okay whatever and then when i was watching the film and i was noticing she was referencing this sam person yes. sam person you know you, you start thinking oh, okay her ex-boyfriend right. and then you get to the scene in which you meet the aforementioned sam and it turns out yes. it's a chick but i yeah. actually saw it coming like a mile away but apparently everyone else was like oh no that really like surprised oh me. Like, um yeah that's interesting okay so that yeah i didn't i didn't think that's what you're talking about but yeah no i did not have any feeling on that i was just Mm. like oh okay cool like i literally had like a reaction of like oh yeah sam could be a girl it could be a guy it doesn't really matter to me exactly so when i was watching it it was very much like oh okay cool but that's that's like a very it's interesting actually because now that i think about the movie like i get this is not even it's on topic but it's not on topic but like the whole it's weird that we actually had like lgbt q a plus whatever the, the 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 rest of it is basically they we had a whole movie starring the main character and the main plot was a whole lesbian romance that happened it, it didn't feel forced it, it didn't feel natural. forced at all i just feel like it just feel like i love this person and yeah. i want to save this person and that's how it works it kind right. of fit into the whole plot of you know shady villersville being cursed or whatever and that even play on this one when we talk about 1666 yes it kind of, that they are, we're cursed and that's we're all you know wrong but it's like no you guys are just people yes and i think that's actually really good i think that this this is like because like i can't relate to it on that level but i think that this film is like kind of like a lesbian anthem right now in some uh, ways because yeah. Partially with that, yeah. Yeah, it's like they didn't do the the typical thing that we see with some of these movies where it's like, we're going to fight for our rights because we're gay or we're going to fight for our rights because it's like, no, it just did like, it was just a matter of fact kind of thing. Oh god, could you have imagined if the twist was that the slasher, like a killer, which just have been an anti-LGBTQ person? This movie would have sucked so bad if that would have Wait, anti-what? Anti 
an anti LGBTQ plus person. Like if the whole uh, was just that it was an anti homophobic um, movie or whatever, that would have been so. It wouldn't <laughs> have played the same way, but I no. mean, te- technically speaking, it was that though. But it wasn't like the, that. Was at the, the end of the day, at the end, no. yeah. Yeah, I was saying it wasn't it wasn't the main focus, and that's actually one of my problems with sixteen sixty six, which we're not going to talk about yet. But yes. back to this movie, nineteen ninety four, ninety four, yeah, ninety yeah. four. So in this movie, I think it had to had like some of the best characters I saw, and I think some of the kills were really good oh, in God, general. So shocking. Yeah, and some of the kills actually I felt were kind of again forced. Um, why are we talking like there's no, like we're, we're speaking like there's no spoilers but like i feel like this is, is a thing i was I mean, just like, gonna go ahead and say that i was really surprised that uh, dina the main character's two yeah. best friend died because i was not expecting that her best friends died and it made no sense and i was looking at that like wow sam really did like didn't do anything didn't change anything i mean it's, it's, I'm, i don't know like writing wise i was looking at it like okay here's a film where none of the main characters were dying. Actually, at some point in the movie, I think I turned to who I was watching it with, and I was just like, no one's died. Like, everyone exactly. looks like they're going to make it out, actually. And that's what I thought at first. I was like, oh, so they're... It's because it's kind of uplifting, in a sense, because they always yeah. kind of save each other at the last minute. They stick yeah. together. They hold you with a little brother. And Kate, I think, was her name? The best friend of Dean. That's the one. I, that's my... Yeah, that's one of my favorite characters. Yeah, her, Right? She, so I was yeah. like, oh, they're all going to make it in the end, right? And then yeah. suddenly, she dies... And it's like she doesn't get killed in the traditional way. Like she oh, no. gets surprised killed. No. She like gets brutalized in front of brutally you. murdered out of nowhere and for then, absolutely think, no reason. But see, I didn't. So you didn't like that because to me it was more of a shock. Like okay, no, no one is saved then because Arl Stein did this. Arl Stein is the person who did Goosebumps, and he that's his most famous thing. He also did Fear Street, and this film was is rated R, and it was really weird that it was rated R because it doesn't as he says famously he says the the books are pg mm-hmm. and the movie is radar however it still reads pg-13 to me at the yeah. very least so yeah. when i was watching the movie i was like oh okay so if i know it's radar but i didn't feel like it was radar even the gore is really pg the gore is mostly pg yes mostly yeah. mostly until yeah. the dina scene uh yeah (laughs) and then that turns crazy uh but that's what i'm saying that's what i meant but so like there's a scene where i was just like oh this is the obligatory sex scene right Mm. like this that that's what this is right we have to just put the sex scene here like there's no there's no reason for the sex scene it's just we need to put a sex scene here because why i have r rating i'm gonna do it now exactly (laughs) and And it was the most awkward thing because like okay so you have dean and sam having their stuff and i guess yeah then you have the little brother uh, so the brother and the, the the best friend the best friend and yeah. i was like i mean okay that okay that, that was weird no no that was weird that was weird that was weird but i was like okay, that was some whatever. quasimodo stuff but then the the guy yes on the and, bathroom, that, and that's that, this that, is the point that, that was too much for me i was like what the f-? i you know? loved that I loved it because that character didn't seem like he should be with anyone. He seemed like he was super full of himself and he was so full of himself that he literally decides to pull one off in the bathroom while in the mirror three killers while they're waiting for three killers. And that was the thing I didn't understand. I mean, part of me is like, hey, if we're gonna die anyway, I guess this is the time. Yeah, exactly, right? Like part of me is like that, but I, I also feel like like there's a there was there's a lot of there's a little quasimodo moment for me which i i like from hunchback in notre dame yeah 
And I really so when Dina's brother, technically he's very young. I think he's like I don't know what its age is. I think he's fifteen, maybe fifteen, sixteen. Uh, so I'd say he's probably soft, either middle school sophomore, and then the other ones are like almost graduating, probably. Exactly. Yeah. There was the scene where Dina's best friend is doing something with him and it's very much like um i mean i know by the end of this movie you're not going to end up with this character exactly. like i know that's not happening but i'm saying like in in hunchback and notre dame for example like you have this situation of the character that gets sympathy yeah. from the hot female interest the lead yeah the lead is person and then at the end of the movie they don't get yeah. reciprocated and in Hunchback, they literally just give her a, like a little kid, and the kid's like, "Oh, hi! Like I like I'll I'll be a friend to you." Mm. But Phoebus, uh, in in Hunchback, just gets the girl, which yeah. makes no sense. I mean, it's, it makes sense, but it's more like it's more like Esmeralda is like, "Hey, I'm over here," and I'm I, she gives him this kiss, and she's she she basically friend zones this dude for on basically being for, for on the spot for being like the biggest simp. Like, this dude is legitimately the biggest simp in the entire world. Like, Hunchback, I mean. Yeah. Like, so, so and it's, I guess it's like, well, watching it, Hunchback is your hero. So, it's like, it, Quasimodo is your hero in that movie. So, it's very much like saying that he could never get the girl and he knew that. And there's this whole thing there. And this movie kind of does that same thing, yeah. but it plays with it to such a level. Esmeralda, the most she ever did was like, she just kissed him on the cheek. Now this chick went a bit further than that. Yes, and I'm just like, oh my god, like, yeah. <laughs> on that at side. the same time, I guess yeah. it was a whole we're gonna die. We're probably gonna die tonight, so you know what the heck. But if you're gonna die tonight as an adult, right? Why would you go to like a 15 year old kid? Because if maybe like you said, since they, she was not going out with her, the other guy, the yeah, other yeah, guy, yeah, yeah. Then she didn't probably see him that way, and she kind of wanted to grant this kid his, you know, last comeuppance, I guess, before he died, just to, like give him something to remember before he died or whatever. You could see it in a lot of different ways. I suppose. Was it weird? I guess was it that's weird. Yeah. It's my point. Both it scenes was. are weird. That scene and the masturbation scene. My God, it was because I'm. Because I'm just like, both of these things are so strange that I'm just like, were they need, did they need to be here? Like, did you just do this? Because I'm pretty sure those, those scenes are not in the book. Like, I'm almost certain. I, yeah. I will go, anyone who's actually read um, R.L. Stein's Fear Street, can you please just like let us know if those are actual scenes from the book and we're just, we're just like not understanding the source material I'm on a PG. Read the books after this, just, just out of curiosity. On a PG 13, it's not even PG 13, it's PG. Those books are sold exactly. in schools in America. So that scene, plus the scene in the, in the grocery store where you have the killing of Dina. Yeah. In a the most brutal what what Dina's was that? Friends. It was a meat slice. It was a meat. Sorry, not Dina's friends. What's yeah, it? What's it this, bread, what's somewhere? I think I read on the subs. It was like a bread slicer. That's a was, bread slice. That's what bread slices that's will what get Netflix, your head. I'm pretty no. sure that's what Netflix subs called it as. Wait a second. I'm, I'm about to look this up. I'm about to look this up. Dina. The first thing that pops up is Kate's death. Wow. <laughs> oh, that was a really sick death. Okay, bread slicer. Oh my god, yeah, it's a bread slicer. slicer. It's oh, yeah. oh my god, why would you? A bread slicer? Mm-hmm. That's why it was so it was so effed up. That's why. That's why also, there were cakes. That's why there were cakes surrounding her and stuff. Ah, uh, that's why she got the cake in her face. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So basically, yeah. So she dies from a bread slicer and gets cut up that way. Yeah. Anyway, um, and it made it really sad, really, because I was just like, wow, 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 wow. Your two best shocker. friends die. Yeah, and that, but it was out of nowhere. That's what I'm saying. It wasn't even. It wasn't in the script. Like it wasn't 
written in the script. Everything, if it wasn't a rated R movie and it wasn't like what do you gonna do read on the script though? I'm saying if it wasn't a like there are some things you do just like fan service. Yeah. Like an anime, like fan service anime, like like or or in anything, like it's that sim- simple thing. It's like this was not um this wasn't a part of the plot. We just did this because we needed to do this because we're still a horror movie. Well, wait, do, do you know that though? Do you know that they don't die in the books? They could die in the books, I'm sure, but the way I mean, that they the way, died in okay. the film okay, okay. wasn't oh, no, there's no sure. lead up. There's no lead up. It was literally it was like probably play for shock values, of course. Yeah. But I think they were going for the focus of you thought everyone was safe up until this moment. You thought all of them were gonna have this heroic moment in which you were gonna come up on top of this whole thing, and it's like, no, they're still in danger. People are gonna die whether you want it or not. And then you know, it happened with that scene, and then it happened with the end as well, in a sense, because like you know, there's a point in which yeah, and then when you think everything finishes, you have the obligatory horror movie cliche of oh, the last scene, the killer is not really dead, but it keeps going to the point in which you think Sam's gonna kill Dina, and then when the brothers compete, yeah, yeah, yeah. you see the hand, and you're like, oh my god, and then it turns out it was Dina, and she didn't die. So I think it was more of a the people, the director, and everyone was trying to be like, no one is safe in this story. Point when Kate and Simon died. I thought the little brother was going to die as well. I think it's just when you do things just for the sake of the horror Shock convention. Mm-hmm. Oh, like, okay. like just because of the horror convention. Because, you know, like you can make a horror movie and you don't have to have all of your main characters die. Like like chap- like It Chapter 1, for example. Yeah. Like It but, Chapter 1, nobody dies. But I mean, like, the movie was playing to horror movie conventions. I so was It Chapter 1. Not That's really? It's, it's, maybe there was a little bit more lead up to that. I would have been okay, but for me, there wasn't any lead up. So, there was, so that to me, like certain deaths didn't feel earned to me. Every death in the hospital is earned. Yeah, of but course. the death of the boyfriend is earned because you don't like, because you hate that guy. Earned. Right. I don't know. I'll, I'll politely disagree with you and I'm just going to write mm. it off as them playing with expectations and with the tropes because also each movie kind of, well with the exception of 1666 to yeah. a degree yeah. plays with like horror conventions of a certain time like you know this one was scream this was and scream. Then the next one is friday is 13th friday and then the, the the latest one was the witch or latest possession movie the salem the salem yeah exactly yeah. in general so i do scratch it off as them also trying to like play with horror that's fine conventions. That's fine. But yeah, I got that. I'm talking about that. Do you want to move to the next one? Yeah, let's move to the next one. Okay, um, so next one will be 